Welcome to Premier Pain Talk, a podcast dedicated to expanding awareness about treatment options for people in pain. Each week, host Dr. Michael Danko from Premier Pain Treatment Institute in Cincinnati, Ohio, will discuss cutting-edge treatments for pain management that are improving the quality of life for those suffering from chronic pain. Tune in now to learn more about how to relieve pain and restore your life. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Premier Pain Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Danko. With me on this podcast episode, I have uh, my partner, Dr. Tim Feldheim. Uh, We are from Premier Pain Treatment Institute. And this podcast episode is actually going to be a recording of a webinar that we recently hosted as part of our PPTI CARES program, where we're going to be talking about an exciting new therapy called restorative neurostimulation with the Reactivate device from Mainstay Medical. So enjoy uh, this episode of the podcast. Hello, and welcome to uh, our webinar tonight. Uh, I'm Dr. Michael Denko. With me is Dr. Tim Feldheim. We're from Premier Pain Treatment Institute. Uh, and our webinar tonight is going to discuss an exciting new therapy called uh, restorative neurostimulation. Uh, the implantable device that provides this therapy is called Reactivate. Uh, and we are going to be going over a overview of mechanical low back pain and, and how multifidus dysfunction occurs uh, and how this device can help restore those multifidus muscles and, and relieve your back pain and improve your, your quality of life and your functioning. Uh, so at this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it over to uh, Dr. Feldheim to get us going. Thanks, Dr. Danko. So as Dr. Danko mentioned, you know, we are here to talk about, you know, uh, a new therapy that's really targeted at chronic low back pain. So quick overview on what is chronic low back pain. Uh, mainly, there's two main types. Uh, so the first type uh, is called radicular or neuropa- neuropathic chronic low back pain. Um, so this is predominantly resulting in pain in your back that usually travels down your legs. Um, and this can be oftentimes due to a failed back surgery or it could be the reason why you need a back surgery. Um, and that's usually because the nerve, you know, coming from the back or the spine uh, is being pinched, you know, as, as we kind of say in layman's terms, or, or there's some stenosis. Um, and that's causing that kind of shooting pain that goes down your legs. Um, the treatment options at this time, you know, if you've had a surgery, you can have a reoperation. Um, opioid medication sometimes utilized as well as other uh, medication regimens such as neuromembrane stabilizers like gabapentin, Lyrica, or palliative therapies such as uh, spinal cord stimulation or intrathecal pump therapy. Even. And this probably constitutes about one third of the chronic low back pain uh, patient population. On the other hand, there's also mechanical or nociceptive chronic low back pain. Um, and this is usually due to an initial injury that you know results in a cycle of neuromuscular inhibition of the multifidus muscle, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit and how important this multifidus muscle is uh, in terms of you know, our normal everyday life and the generation of pain. Um, and this leads to functional spine uh, joint instability, overload and pain. Um, so, our current treatment options are mostly palliative, targeted, you know, at uh, you know sometimes medication, injections, radiofrequency ablations, medications, as I said, and uh, this probably constitutes about two thirds of chronic low back pain patients. So again, you know, the problem is really due to for this mechanical low back pain population is due to an injury. It may not be an injury like you think, like where you have a car accident or fall down the stairs, but this could be an injury just as simple as, you know, an insult like such as development of arthritis or, you know, uh, the degeneration of some vertebra leading to what we call the thesis, which is 
Um, sometimes your vertebra becoming your vertebral body is becoming a little bit out of place. And, uh, um, you know, that can cause this, uh, eventual neuromuscular inhibition of the multifidus muscle. Um, and as again, we'd said that, you know, most of our treatment options that I discussed in the last slide, the, the injections such as medial branch blocks, which many, uh, of our patients may have had, uh, or facet joint injections, um, or the radiofrequency ablations. Um, they're mostly geared towards trying to cover up the pain, trying to prevent the pain signal from going to the brain um, or masking the pain with medication. And um, again, it's about two thirds of the patients with chronic low back pain uh, are thought to have this mechanical pain. So again, this onset is usually due to, you know, some sort of initial injury. And we talked about that in the last slide. And that leads to spine joint or tissue overload. Um, and then if you could follow this diagram, you know, this spine joint and tissue overload then leads to spine joint uh, or tissue pain. And then our bodies reflexively kind of respond with this multifidus muscle inhibition, meaning our muscle wants to fire. And we'll talk more about this in the subsequent slide, but it can't because without our knowing, without our uh, uh, thinking about it, our bodies reflexively prevent those muscles from firing because it fears that there's gonna be more pain with fire, uh, with uh, the muscle contracting. And this leads to functional spine joint instability, which then leads to more spine joint tissue overload, leads to more spine joint tissue pain, really is more to uh, more multifidus muscle inhibition and the cycle then keeps repeating itself. So this is the problem that no one has really addressed in the past um, is the importance of this uh, multifidus muscle in the terms of controlling uh, uh, pain moving forward and kind of restoring or uh, helping with trying to fix the pain. So the multifidus muscle is the primarily stabilizer of the lumbar spine. And again, we don't really think about contracting it. It kind of contracts involuntarily, meaning it fires and does its job without us thinking about it. And it does this automatically to maintain stability in the back. Well, when there's pain, what can happen is, or like I said earlier, our bodies reflexively try to inhibit that muscle from firing because it thinks it might actually cause more pain. And in fact, it actually doesn't. And if you've ever heard the term, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Well, that is very true of the multifidus muscle as well. So initially, when we develop this low back pain and we are not firing that muscle, small amounts of fat will deposit in that muscle. And over time, as we start using it more and more, more fat will in, uh, integrate itself into that muscle. And the way I like to best describe that is if you're somebody who likes steak, it's kind of the difference between a filet, which you usually look at and there's not that much white marbling, you know, there's not that much fat. It's, you know, nice, nice cut of meat versus a ribeye, which still is a nice cut of meat if you're going to eat it, but it's full of fat. And that's that white marbling. And you can kind of see that on the right side of this screen with the different multifidus muscles in the pictures. So in those pictures, you have the vertebral bodies kind of in the top of the middle, the spinal cord just below that. And then on the right and left sides of the bottom of this of each picture is the multifidus muscle. 
And in that first picture, you see there's very little white in that area. It's all pretty thick, uh, you know, dark, which is that muscle. That's how the muscle should look. But as you go down each picture, you see more and more of that white kind of inv uh, uh, um, invading into where the muscle is, the muscle body. And that's fat. And that's fat depositing in the muscle because you're not using the muscle. So here's another picture that kind of goes over some of that multifidus atrophy, that loss of muscle and invasion of fat into the where the muscle should be. So on the left side of the screen, you see at the, you know, the bottom of the picture where you see those, you know, the left and right side, you see those two muscles right at the bottom of the picture, just next to the spine. Those are nice, thick, you know, there's no white in there. It's grade one, grade zero. There's no fat infiltration. And as you work your way across the screen, grade one in the middle, there's slight inv uh, uh, invasion of fat into that muscle. And then by the time you get to grade two, which is severe, you got serious in, uh, uh, invasion of muscle into the, or uh, fat into that multifidus muscle muscle bed. So current treatment options uh, to treat that multifidus dysfunction, you know, there's motor control exercises. So these are exercises that you may do with a physical therapist that are more about uh, aim to change the way the person controls their body. You know, this could be posture alignment, movement, muscle activation. And this is really all trying to modify the loading of the spine and adjacent structures. So we've gotten that multifidus muscle. Core stabilization exercises. So there's been studies that have shown, you know, eight week programs, you know, used in, in, in CPR for stabilization studies. And these were done by studies by Hicks and Raven in 2005 and 2014. And again, this is, again, trying to find ways to stabilize your, your core and kind of limit that, that load on those on, um, and offload those uh, spine uh, joint overload. Dry needling has also been utilized. It's been shown to help a little bit. There's a few studies that have shown that. But more recently, restorative neurostimulation, which is the therapy that Dr. Danko and I are going to talk about today, which is very exciting field moving forward. And there's been a few studies, most recently, Dr. Gilligan um, in two, 2021, looking at the real benefit of restorative neurostimulation. So what is that exactly? Well, we're gonna talk about that. So as I said earlier, right now, our current uh, target is the spine joint and tissue pain. And those are those palliative therapies that I talked about earlier medication, nerve blocks, joint injections, radiofrequency injections. But those have a very limited effectiveness. And we're really not treating the actual cause of the pain. We're just trying to mask the pain. We're trying to cover up the pain. So moving forward, we have this restorative neurostimulation, which is reactivate. So this is a new treatment option that's actually focusing on the source of the pain the cause of the pain and reversing that, actually helping that for people with mechanical low back pain. So this is an FDA approved, CE marked and TGA approved therapy that has come to the market in the last couple of years. So restorative neurostimulation really works to, to reverse this multifidus muscle inhibition and this atrophy going forward. So reactivate again is for this mechanical low back pain. And it's a new treatment paradigm. It's a proprietary restorative neurostimulation approach. And it's FDA approved to reactivate muscle control, 
restore that functional spine stability that a lot of those other therapies aren't necessarily targeted at and overall reduce pain. So I'm going to kick it back to Dr. Danko now, and he's going to talk to you a little bit more about Reactivate and its use in our field uh, going forward. Thanks, Dr. Feldheim. You know, that was a really fantastic overview uh, of multifidus dysfunction and, and what we've been doing and what we're, what we're doing now as the you know, new therapies come about. Uh, and so on the right side of the screen, like you mentioned, uh, all of our treatment to date has really been palliative. Uh, it's been trying to manage symptoms. Uh, and uh, with Reactivate device, we're actually going to be restoring your, your muscles and, and your core stability and, and, and trying to reverse the, the, the process that's in place and to actually fix your back or, or restore your back so that you can then keep doing you know, the activities that you like to do and, and start doing a lot of activities that you haven't been able to do in a while because your back bothers you so much. Then uh, This therapy uh, is, really is novel. So there, what that means is there isn't another therapy on the market that's actively doing the same thing. Uh, there are other kind of stimulation devices that we use for the low back. Uh, there are you know, spinal cord stimulator devices. Uh, there are peripheral nerve stimulator devices where they're stimulating the same location, um, but what they're really doing is blocking a pain signal. They're not actually doing anything to, to regenerate the muscle and restore the muscle. Um, so this is a novel therapy that, that's targeting restoring your core stabilizers and those that multifidus muscle dysfunction and trying to reverse it. Uh, and as far as uh, in this therapy goes, we're going to see in a few slides that this is a great long-term therapy, and, and there already uh, is three-year data out showing uh, how fantastic this therapy is continuing to restore this muscle over an extended period of time with no signs of, of really decline in, in that big Reactivate B study. This is, a, a, is an implantable therapy, uh, so uh, we do implant this therapy uh, at Premier Pain Treatment Institute. Um, we've been implanting this device for about nine months now, so we, we have a, a pretty nice familiarity with the therapy and, and with, the, with how patients are doing over an extended period of time. Uh, the, there is a, a kind of two components to the implant. So there are two stimulating electrodes. Uh, now these stimulating electrodes are placed alongside the spine there. So if you can see in the picture on the left-hand side, the, those yellow wires, uh, they are over the, the outside or the, what we call the, the transverse process. They're stimulating the muscles. This is not inside the spinal canal. So you know, if, the, if your spine is a turtle uh, with a turtle shell, you know, this is on the outside of the turtle shell. This is not on, on the inside uh, where, the, where the spinal cord and, and the epidural space is. The leads will then be connected over to a battery. Uh, so there, you do need to have an implanted battery because you're going to need to be able to provide power to, to this, for this device over an extended period of time. And so over the course of, of years of therapy, uh, you need to have a way to provide power uh, that is not that has to be internal. It can't be external. So an external power source, if these wires were we're just hanging out of your back, they would get caught on something or you, you might be a risk for infection. You know, that, this is something where we, we do implant the battery though for, for safety and to prevail, be able to provide power over the long term. The Going into some of the outcome data on this, so you know, this uh, uh, device has really showed substantial improvement for, for patients uh, you know, through, through the, the duration of the study, which is, this says two years on the slide, I can tell you that there is more Recent data in this slide showing that the outcomes extended to three years um, and, and likely beyond. But you know, this research studies have to end at some point. They can't just continue for for infinity. So, uh, so far they have three-year data demonstrating really great longevity, uh, really significant reduction in, in medication use and opioid use. Uh, uh, a big chunk of patients were able to stop opioids immediately, uh, and 
39% eliminated completely. Uh, 21% have been able to, to really reduce their intake. So it's really showing the therapy is working because if people are not really needing to take as much medication, um, that's another sign that the, that the therapy is working in addition to the, the symptoms that the symptom relief that people report. This slide, I think, is really important to understand that what it's showing here is that this is going to be a steady improvement. Uh, this is not going to be a, a light switch. Uh, so if you think about it in a way, we're implanting two leads that are going to be stimulating the multifidus muscles and they're going to be contracting the muscles and strengthening the muscles. So you're, you're really starting a conditioning program. You're starting a, an exercise program of sorts. Um, and just like if you sign up for a membership at the gym and you start working out, you're not going to immediately uh, look like, you know, big buff Dr. Feldheim over there, you're going to be, you're going to look a little skinnier like me and have to kind of work on those muscles and get them stronger. And it's going to take some time. Uh, so, you know, you don't look, look like Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight. So, uh, but you do steadily and progressively get there. And that's what this, this slide right here shows. So uh, you, you start at kind of baseline uh, and then there's really a pretty, a pretty nice improvement uh, initially. And then you just get steady, steady improvement out through, through the end of this graph here, showing the continued improvement over the long term. Uh, and I can tell you some anecdotal information from talking to um, some of the people involved with the study is, is they have people who, you know, three years out, their, their pain relief is so significant that they, um, they're using their device less and intermittently, and they're kind of wondering if these devices could be, re could be removed at that point. Um, uh, this is a re reversible therapy, it can be removed. Um, so the question would be like, if, you're, if you have really sustained relief and it's ongoing and your core is now strong, uh, and you're able to to do your, all the activities you want to do, and you're and you're not needing to actively use the device, could it be removed? Uh, and absolutely, it could. Uh, you also could leave it in place just in case you know you need to periodically use it to to help you know facilitate and make those muscles strong. Uh, but going back to the, one of those really early slides that Dr. Feldheim uh, talked about, uh, this a lot of this cascade of issues leading to multifidus dysfunction starts with the trauma or an injury. Uh, so that injury starts and then the cascade starts. Well, if you can reverse that cascade and restore your core stability and, and strength, uh, and you don't have that initial stimulus or insult that caused the problem initially, you know, reasoning would, would stand that if you can reverse that cycle and get the core strong again, and you don't have an active injury, um, then you very well could, you know, really restore and, and, and basically, quote unquote, kind of healed yourself uh, with the device uh, and such that you won't really need to actively use it uh, long term. After you have to, have to use it long term, you know, there's really not a problem with that. Uh, if, if any of you have a, a regular exercise program or, or a diet that you maintain, you know that you really need to maintain that lifestyle, uh, those lifestyle choices with, with diet and exercise to, to maintain. And, and it shouldn't be it uh, shouldn't be unusual to think that a device like this that's restoring the therapy, you may need to just continue, you know, routine use to to help keep those muscles strong and, and functional. And uh, so this this slide shows the 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 reduction in pain that occurs. Uh, so at baseline, um, you know, taking the, the research study that that called a Reactivate B study that the, that they used uh, um, with Dr. Gilligan's group uh, showed that taking people with an average uh, pain score at a baseline of over seven out of 10 uh, and reducing it to, to two out of 10 uh, at three years. Um, and again, you can see that, that, that continued steady improvement in the, in the graph there. And then on the right side, the ODI is something called the Oswestry Disability Index. Uh, and so that is showing uh, improvement in function. Uh, and so the higher the number, the more dysfunction you have. So as that number gets smaller, 
it means that you're continuing to improve your function because you're not getting as many negative marks or, or points in that disability index. So as far as uh, the safety information, you know, this is a very safe device. Uh, the, the leads do have um, little, little um, uh, tines on it that, that help prevent the leads from, from migrating. So, that, so there is a, a, a great uh, ability for the implant to stay in place and continue to, to effectively deliver the therapy because the, the, the leads are secured uh, successfully in the muscle. Uh, there is, are low rates for, for infection and other, and other complications. Uh, and, you know, that's really important because you go through all the work of getting this therapy. Uh, you want it to be durable. You want it to, to continue to work and you want it to be safe and, and, and not cause any problems. And so we, you know, we can tell you confidently that the, the data supports that this being a, a safe device that with, with, uh, with a low uh, rate of complications. Uh, the, uh, Again, you know, this is facilitating recovery, and so we'll just reiterate that it, that uh, over the long term, uh, this has a restorative mechanism of action where it's reversing the, the initial cause and reversing the initial problem uh, and restoring your function as opposed to, you know, an, a device that may be just kind of masking it and covering it up, and if you stop using it, then, then you, the pain returns right away. You know, this is actually reversing the, the, the cycle. And then, so that just moves us into our last slide for questions. Um, we'll take a second and see if any audience questions come in. So, Dr. Feldheim, just wanted to, to while we're waiting here, see if you, you um, could talk a, a bit about, uh, from a, the patient utilization standpoint, um, what is it? What is their typical kind of daily schedule with, with this reactivate device in terms of utilization of it? So usually they try to, uh, you know, it's recommended, and I think it's it'll be programmed um, that you do it twice a day, and I believe it's about half an hour a day, uh, if I remember correctly. Yep. And um, you know, obviously, you know, tweets to that, and you decide when. Um, one of the main things that uh, you know, I've, I've receive from patients is that you definitely want to be doing it at a time when you're sitting down, you're not doing anything uh, because you will feel it. Uh, I do have one patient who mentioned that they tried to do it in their car when they were driving and they said that was, <laughs> that was not a ideal situation. They had to uh, pull over. So it's definitely something you need to take a little bit of time out of your day to do. Uh, and uh, to, But overall, the response has been overwhelmingly, this has helped a lot with my pain. Um, and like you said, it's not something that is just you have pain and then you don't. It's a restorative therapy. And, you know, as I tell a lot of my patients, you know, chronic pain problems require chronic solutions. So things that take a little bit of time. Um, one question I have for you that I receive a lot from a lot of patients is, you know, what is the difference between this and, and a TENS unit? And, and why, you know, why, why is this, you know, a little bit of uh, a better therapy? Yeah, so a TENS unit is, a, is an external device. Uh, it has two or four pads, uh, and you, you apply it over the area of your pain. Uh, and then you run a program, and it delivers something called field stimulation. Uh, and so field stimulation, you're using uh, you know, kind of high-energy impulses um, to externally kind of deliver that energy to the, you know, the, the skin, the underlying tissue and muscle, and you're trying to to block pain impulses and 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 a lot of times there is some contraction of muscles with it with the tens unit as well, um, but it's really not effectively uh, causing muscle contraction in multifidus muscles. It's it's more of a 
of a device to try to block pain impulses, and it's and it's a device that's geared towards reducing pain. It is not a is not a restorative device. So there's the the tens unit. Uh, is not doing anything to reverse that cycle of uh, of deconditioning and instability that that's in place. Uh, and so, um, with the, the reactivate device, it's it's an implantable device, so it's an internal device, uh, and we're placing the electrodes right alongside um, the medial branch nerve that's going to be stimulating the the multifidus muscle specifically to contract. Uh, and so, when it's contracting the muscle specifically, um, you're gonna you're you're actually working on and strengthening the muscles that are pro the problem. Uh, and what's, well, as the clinicians, when, we, when we're doing the implant for this device, we can um, feel that specific contraction. So they, they'll be able to, the, the, with the help from the representative, um, we'll be able to do the testing in the, in the operating room to make sure that you're getting your multifidus contractions specifically. Uh, and so, you know, the main difference uh, between this, this and a TENS unit uh, is this a restorative therapy designed to, to specifically strengthen the muscles through through contraction of those specific muscles versus a kind of a high energy impulse to try to, to block the pain? So um, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, one of the questions just came in about uh, what is the recovery like after this procedure and, and, and what does it look like after you get the device? Uh, so in the recovery period, uh, the the device uh, will not be turned on for the first two weeks. So the first two weeks are mainly going to be about uh, your your procedure recovery, your surgical recovery. Uh, it's going to take about a week or so for that surgery pain to settle down. So this is a minimally invasive surgery, but it, it, it is surgery. So you should expect it. Kind of days three through five will probably you know be you know have you'll have pain, you'll have some discomfort, uh, and then it'll steadily improve. Uh, and as the as the those first two weeks happen and, and the healing process is 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 good and you're and you're kind of back to your baseline, you'll meet with a representative from the company and they will at that point in time do the do the programming and 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 show you how to use your device, turn it on, and 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 then you will have control over it. So you will start using this device at home twice a day for 30 minutes, uh, and then depending on how you're doing, you'll you'll meet periodically with the representative for for adjustments and and so you're. Your sessions may need to be longer. They may need to be shorter. You know, they may be different impulses. You know, you, the representatives will will tailor this therapy for you. Uh, and then after that, at that six week mark, uh, the, then I I see the patient again for kind of a sign off visit to to say, okay, all the recovery is good. You can you know, you know resume any kind of normal activities. You can you can you can do your thing now. If you have a desk job and you uh, uh, or a job where you're not doing um, a lot of bending and twisting or heavy lifting, you could pretty easily go back to work in, uh, within two weeks. Uh, if you're doing a job that involves more manual labor, uh, a lot of times we'll, we'll hold, hold you off for the, the six week mark so we can make sure that um, those leads get a chance to heal in so they don't move. Uh, so again, we, you know, we, we need the, the healing process to take place before you can do bending and twisting and, and heavy lifting. Dr. Feldheim, um, I think that's about it as far as questions. Um, do you have uh, any final thoughts for us? You know, I don't think there's anything more that I can say that we haven't already said, you know. Um, like I said, this is a very exciting therapy, very rarely in our field of pain, interventional pain management. And um, do we actually get to offer something that actually restores function, that actually fixes a problem? majority of the time we are offering those more palliative type therapies so this is a really exciting therapy for us in our field 
And, you know, if you feel like you're a good candidate for this therapy, you know, reach out to us, let us know. And, uh, you know, we can give you an assessment and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the future and this therapy becoming, uh, much larger than, you know, as it's, you know, being adopted into the field. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you know, one thing I will mention is this uh, therapy does have um, broad insurance coverage. So, uh, you know, your major commercial insurance carriers and uh, your Medicare, uh, Medicare based plans, you know, th- this does have good established coverage. Um, you know, it is a newer device, but it, but it is uh, luckily we're able to utilize uh, some of the aspects of medical policies so that falls under uh, peripheral nerve stimulation. And, and that's a, a well-established uh, therapy for our field. Uh, so, um, this is a therapy that we're able to offer a, a large percentage of our patients um, uh, that that is going to be covered by their insurance, um, and you know that's that's always super crucial for new therapies and and uh, and maintaining good access to treatment. Uh, now there may be a bit of a process. You know the insurance companies will uh, likely to need to see some information about why we're doing a, the a kind of a novel therapy. Um, but as Dr. Feldheim and I have illustrated tonight, uh, the the science behind this therapy is very strong, and, and so. We have the medical rationale to support why we're doing this, uh, and this is why we're, we're very excited to to bring this therapy to you and and to uh, you know help fix problems because you know that's why we're in medicine. We're really trying to to fix your problems and and help you you know live the life that you want to live. Uh, so thank you for tuning in to the webinar and uh, and have a great night. All right, well that is uh, another episode of Premier Pain Talk. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Michael Danko. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on uh, restorative stimulation uh, with the Reactivate device. Uh, Please uh, follow us on our our podcast here, Premier Pain Talk. Uh, If you are looking to establish as a patient at Premier Pain Treatment Institute, uh, we are in Cincinnati, Ohio. We have three convenient locations uh, in uh, in the greater Cincinnati area. Our phone number is 513-454-7246. You can also go to our website, uh, www.premierpaintreatment.com, uh, where you can listen to all of the webinars in our PPTI care series uh, and also uh, can help you find out more information on, on our educational pages on our website about all the therapies that we offer at Premier Pain Treatments too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Premier Pain Talk, where we understand your pain and share solutions that can improve your quality of life. This episode is brought to you by Premier Pain Treatment Institute, which has convenient Cincinnati area locations in Loveland, Mount Orb, and Hillsboro. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you get updates on all new episodes. Feedback is sincerely appreciated. 